This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, yesterday morning, you heard from Bazi Hassan, who walked through how you can spend five cents to get a click and make two cents on that same click. He's generated over a million bucks in sales. Okay, Top Tribe, good morning. I am here in studio. It's a great morning, a little foggy in the Roanoke Mountains this morning, but you're gonna love our guest today. His name is Jeffrey Zorowski. And Jeffrey's got an amazing history. Starting off in 2003, he partnered with uh, two chefs to co-found Witchcraft as a Sandwich Shop, where the ingredients and cooking techniques are rooted in fine dining, but served in a casual and welcoming environment. Since then, he's grown Witchcraft in the Sandwich Shop and opened 15 stores, including locations in San Francisco, Vegas, and has over 400 team members. Most recently, Jeffrey can be found writing about his experiences on his blog, chefpreneur.com. And as co-host of Bravo's new restaurant competition show called Best New Restaurant, Jeffrey is also a key advisor and contributor to Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Chef, and he's got a lot of amazing accomplishments, which will be in the show notes for this episode. But first, Jeffrey, are you ready to take us to the top? I am, I am. So let's do it. First off, you taught everyone at this recent mastermind how to give a great hug. <laughs> you, I knew you were going there. Where, where? No, you didn't. You had no idea. You thought I was going to ask a food question or something. <laughs> How did you become such a good hugger? Uh, I like, I like to hug people. I love physical contact. I think uh, it's missing in our world, and I just love to, you know, I love to physically connect. And I've learned over the years, sort of, from friends and and uh, some pretty smart people on how to give good hugs. I love that. Well, let's jump right into witchcraft first, and then I want to talk about the Bravo show at the end of the episode. So sure. why did you decide to jump into witchcraft? And tell me the story about when you opened your first physical location. Oh, wow. Uh, that's a long time ago. But, um, <laughs> you know, for years, for years, a bunch of us, uh, and still to this day, uh, were cooking in, in a very authentic manner, right? We we were shopping at the green market. We were cooking uh, food that was fresh, that was seasonal, that was local, and it was just the way we were we were conducting our business. It wasn't something that um, we thought about from a marketing perspective, or that uh, there was scale involved. And then I think right around the same, right around the time that we opened, there were a couple other people who were sort of thinking along the same lines, which was, uh, well, you know, instead of just bringing this to a fine dining environment, why don't we bring this to a much more accessible uh, you know, audience. And so the ideas of how would you do that kind of started to spring up. And for us, it was, you know, I loved sandwiches. I loved shopping at the green market. I loved stuff that was in season and, and getting creative on how you can put that between two slices of bread. And at the end of the day, it's not about uh, making things too fancy. It's let the ingredients speak for themselves and, and the rest will, the rest will come. So, um, when we first opened our, our first location, it was, it was a shock, right? We didn't know what we were doing. We were all fine dining chefs, but we never really worked in or opened, uh, something that was meant to do a lot of volume, a lot of covers and, and the response and reception was incredible. And so, you know, we had, what a, does that mean? What's, of, what's an incredible response mean? So you opened that first one in I mean, 2003. <laughs> Yeah, we had lines out the door and we, you know, it's a high class problem to have, but we had lines out the door and people responded really well to what it is we were making, um, even more so than, than 
I think we expected. And, and so, it wasn't just a sandwich uh, shop, right? It wasn't like a grocery store. It was just, it was a sandwich correct. shop. Correct. It's, you know, it was, uh, we had, you know, 17 menu items. Each one was an individual creation, but all of them sort of stemmed from the same, you know, the same background of, of uh, seasonal produce or seasonal meat, you know, meats that were locally sourced or, or we at least had transparency into the maker of the, of the product. And so um, what was really amazing, and this is the problem that we encountered was the response was so great. We didn't, we just didn't know how to produce that much food in that short period of time and set a customer expectation. You know, most people were, were used to buying stuff at, you know, in two or three minutes at a fast food spot for money. Sure. So Jeffrey, you, you kind of perfected this model of local ingredients. You then thought about jumping in and doing this physical location. You said it was a huge hit, lines out the door. Help folks understand that might be listening, thinking about opening a physical location. What did maybe, you know, success metric is obviously how big is the crowd, but revenue-wise that first year in that first shop, do you remember what you guys did top line and why it worked so well? Um, uh, you know, you're, uh, I, I don't remember exactly how much we did in that first year, but what it was exceeded our expectations and exceeded uh, the volume of what people had done before in terms of total, in terms of the price that we could charge for the same same lunch meal, right? So if you think about it, people go out to walk out the door at lunchtime and they have a choice and they can get something for five bucks, they can get something for 10 bucks. And we had obviously um, put together an offering and a service and an atmosphere in this spot where people were comfortable spending a lot more uh, for something a lot better. And so- So would you, um, would you say, I'm, I'm going to yeah. try and get a nailed on a range, even if we don't have an exact yeah. number, would you say it more, was, more was, or less than a quarter million bucks going through the top line? Oh, Oh, it was more than that. It was, I mean, it exceeded a million and a half dollars. Okay, got it. Uh, so got it. yeah, so it was a, it was it was it was above what we were expecting in terms of you know an average unit volume that you would expect in sort of a chain kind of environment. And then, how so, many years did it take uh, you to get all seventeen locations opened? Uh, well, we so we 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 got to fifteen locations. We we've opened seventeen in the course of our time, but we've actually had to close two, and and that's you know that's normal course of business, but. Um, we we got to fifteen uh, in uh, just about six years. So we had really there was three years in a row where we had opened four every year, and that was uh, that was a fast pace considering none of us had ever done expansion like that before. We'd all we'd all built restaurants, we'd all you know uh, adv- got advice from a lot of good people, but we never actually did it, and uh, that was that was a that was a breakneck speed for us at the time. So with fif- um, with fifteen yeah. like produced live, were they all doing about one point five million? So you're doing well over you know twenty million altogether. Uh, no, because all not all of them worked the same way. Some were some were so. And you know, keep in mind, I think there's a focus on top line revenue in businesses like mine, and uh, it's you know I think Tony Robbins said it best. You know, it's not what you make; it's what you keep. Um, and well, so we had some we had some locations that were were throwing off. You know, we're, we're lower revenue, but throwing off a lot more cash. So, you know, at, the, at, our, at our peak, we were probably somewhere you know, close to 20 million, but it wasn't, not everyone was then on that average. And, and they all, you know, the one, some of the ones that were below a million dollars were throwing off more profit just because the rent, the rent was different, because yep. the labor model was a little bit different, because a customer loyalty was much higher and check average was higher. So there's a lot of different metrics. And I, I would actually stay away from, uh, to, to the audience, I would stay away from focusing on just top line as a as a metric because it's it's sort of meaningless when you think about uh, what's most important. So let, uh, Jeffrey, let's a, for, let's business. forget about the top yeah. line then for a second. Let, let's yeah. let's talk about just cash flow. So on twenty million top line yeah. in the restaurant <laughs> business, I mean, a lot of these people they'd be lucky to. I mean, I, I know it's a tough business. I don't know as much as you do, but how much cash are you keeping on the twenty million? 
you know, I'm I, I I'm sorry, but I'm not a, I'm not at liberty to disclose those those numbers. But um, you know, on average, let's let's put it this way: um, your unit economics. So there's there's corporate overhead and there's there's other costs that you know you go to to run the business. But on the actual unit, um, you should be somewhere between twenty five and thirty percent. Uh, EBITDA and, and and what we call it in the business is uh, sleepita store level EBITDA. Um, <laughs> I was thinking and, sleeping and, or sleepy EBITDA <laughs> for some reason. No store level EBITDA and, and sleep sleep it does what it's called in, in the business. So at the end of the day, um, you know if you've got units that um, were were generating somewhere in that range of percentage, uh, then you knew that you could keep opening those stores and, and they would, uh, they'd, you know, they'd, they'd do well. It, yeah. They do well. And then you keep performing, uh, then you could keep growing, uh, corporate overhead. So, um, so I have to say that part of the challenge is, is as you grow, it's how fast you grow while putting on, you know, new units that also have the challenges of team members and turnover and culture and, and, you know, creating, creating a healthy business. Sure. No, it so makes, it makes good sense. It makes good sense. So, so, I mean, it sounds like you're saying a healthy restaurant business is looking at sleep at the, of somewhere between uh, around 25% would be good. So you would say, not, on, not, no, sorry. So no, that's a, that's a store. Yeah. That's store level on just the restaurant, but then you got to bake in all the corporate overhead on a, you know, sort of on a multi-unit basis, right? And so that can range anywhere. If you're in full growth mode, you might be throwing off, you might be, you know, have negative cash flow for the business, but the units are performing well, and that's a healthy metric, right? And then uh, if you're not growing, then, you know, maybe your GNA, your whole, your whole um, general and administrative for those of you. Yeah, should be, should be, (laughs) yes, for those of you watching at home, uh, should be 10 to 15 or so percent, um, you know, maybe less than that if you get to re- if you really cut back. But so, I think so if you're not, day- so if you're not, I mean, I'm, I want to get the top loves numbers. I mean, the reason they're going to go check out your website and understand all this is because they're they're going to understand your numbers. So you don't want I, you don't want to pin it down. So I'm trying to I'm going to try and get a range here. So 20, 20 million top line sleep it does around twenty five percent, which means if you're not in, in hyper hyper growth mode where you're investing a lot, which means cash flow could be negative on twenty million yeah. top line, you're throwing off it sleep it again store level somewhere around the five million dollar mark, maybe less. Yeah, if you're if you're in that range, exactly. If you're in that range, you're you've got a successful enterprise on your. So you're sitting right? on a rocket ship. Why jump into a Bravo reality show? <laughs> well, um, uh, well, there's a couple reasons. I mean, uh, one was the actual show uh, did a lot for you know I'd say the connection and the um, relationship between the restaurant and and uh, me and and Tom is known as as sort of business people in the, in the industry, right? There's, I don't think there's ever sort of bad exposure on that. Um, uh, and the way we were portrayed as, as judges and, and, uh, as hosts, um, uh, you know, only contribute to the credibility around, around expertise in the, in the field. Um, having said that, um, it was time for me, for me personally, uh, running, running that business for 12 years, uh, Which it was time about, right? Yeah, it's time for some. It's time for someone else to, you know. I, I'd say my expertise is in is in creating and uh, setting up businesses, uh, running them for, you know, growing from fifteen units to maybe fifty units, which would be the goal, right? That's not. That's a different set of skills that that uh, that what 
for me and and uh, even for the organization. I mean, I think one thing that entrepreneurs need to learn is to listen to the organization. And at some point, the company kind of tells you, you know, what it needs. And so, uh, so Jeffrey, point, you, you got the sense that it was time to do something new. You jumped, the show came along, you jumped in and, and that's why you made the change. No, I was still, I was still, we were, I was still CEO. Well, well, the show was going on. Okay. Um, the, the, the change was, is, is a function of the business needing, the business needed, uh, you know, I think to, a new set of skills to take it to the next level. Right. And, and my, my, you know, I started the, we, we started, when we started the business, I was 28 years old. Uh, you run it for 12 years, you get to be 40 and it's like, you know, is there other things you want to be working on? And one of the big shifts I wanted to make was going from, uh, you know, th this thing that I've been doing for 12 years into doing something a little more around, uh, nourishment of of people how does food uh, how to inspire the next level of entrepreneurs in the in the in the country to think about uh, food as being nourishing and, 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 and not Jeffrey, just so you as thought a, the you thought the show could help you do that that message i think the show helps it's a platform but it's only the beginning right there's 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 tons more to be doing um that that focuses on that message i mean i do a ton of advisory work uh with uh, small businesses because to me watching them grow and mature and learn how to become great businesses is, is so fulfilling. And so, uh, the more I can do of that, the better. So to me, it's like, uh, the show is definitely one starting point, but, but I'd already been doing, you know, that work in terms of coaching and advising, uh, small businesses, restaurateurs and, and food companies for, for years. And so to me, it's just an extension of that. Got it. Well, Hey, it makes a lot of good sense. And, and the, so the show, the first, the first season is now concluded. I mean, was it stressful working with Bravo? G give us, you know, spend, spend 15, 20 seconds. What's it like working in a reality show? Did it make a lot of sense? Oh, it's great. I mean, Bravo are super professional. They're, they know what they're doing on uh, reality shows. And uh, the, the production company, One Potato, Two Potato, is, is their seasoned, vet you know, they're seasoned veterans at this stuff. So they're awesome. And it was a lot of fun. And for me, being the first time on a, on a set, it was, it was great. I just enjoyed seeing how another business works production television production is kind of similar to restaurants it's it's go 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 everything is very ephemeral right you you either catch it on on camera or you don't and uh it was really it was very interesting to watch that business go and uh and and see the similarities and also learn the differences so um it was a huge learning experience for me learning you know how to what's expected and how things translate onto camera and then onto television is, is uh is really interesting. Uh, something hadn't thought about or considered what what went into that beforehand, and so uh, I loved doing that. And you know, I'm, I'm interested in doing more, and so working on a couple projects right now uh, around you know food and entrepreneurship on television. So you know, there's definitely an appetite to do more. Pardon Great. The pun. Well, guys, with that again, I'm going to link to to the numbers, Jeffrey's story, his full bio, show notes. We'll even link to the show that he did on Bravo in the show notes at nathanlacka.com forward slash the top eight. Five. Again, forward slash the top eight five. So, okay, top tribe, companies are wanting to sponsor the show for a lot of money, and I'm telling them all no. So, help me out and go subscribe on iTunes. When you do, email me at nathanlatka at gmail.com, and I will email you back a surprise that you're really going to love. As Jeffrey takes that swig of his drink, it's because he's getting excited for the next part of the show. Jeffrey, do you know what's next? <laughs> I do not know what's next. It is time <laughs> for the famous five. You ready? Go for it. All right, number one. What is your favorite business book? Uh, I got a, I got a couple of them, but uh, can I choose a couple? Uh, uh, give my me favorite one. of all time. 
My favorite all time is Let My People Go Surfing by Yvonne Schoenard. Well, I've never heard that one before. I'm looking forward to reading that one. Okay. So oh, it's incredible. Let My People Go Surfing. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's uh, how do you create a conscious business? That's it's in a nutshell. It's incredible. I love that. Okay. Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now, Jeffrey? Um, you know, a good friend of mine, Tim Ferriss is, uh, watching him evolve and build his business, uh, especially on podcast and television show, uh, as he builds out his brand away, you know, more robustly from four hour, the four hours, work week for our body for our chef world uh it's been incredible to watch him learn evolve and be completely focused and clear on the mission that he's he's set out for himself it's it's incredible so he's probably my favorite right now and then joe DeSena at spartan races is a dear friend as well and and watching him just cl literally clear out obstacles i've never seen a business more authentically match the persona <laughs> than than Joe. I mean, it's it's incredible to watch. So good. Okay, those two guys. Those two guys are pretty pretty awesome. Tim and Joe, very good. Number three, Jeffrey. What is your favorite online tool like Evernote? Yeah, as I say, uh, combo. Well, let me let me. I'll, I'll throw this one in there. So one of my favorite things I use right now is a thing called Momentum, which is a Google uh, a Chrome plugin that uh, becomes your dashboard every day, and it's it's super simple. Uh, Matt Mullenweg, uh, uh, you know, I heard about it from him. Uh, it's super awesome. And then, um, and it, it's got a to-do list, a focus for the day, an inspiring quote, and a beautiful picture as your backdrop. And so you never have to look at a stupid uh, um, <laughs> desktop image again. Um, it's not really a tool other than it does help me focus. I'd say, you know, a combo of Evernote, Dropbox, and Basecamp are my three favorites. Just uh, Evernote for notes, Dropbox are obviously for file storage, and Basecamp for to-dos, but it's the project management stuff. So Great. All three of those are pretty incredible. Okay, wonderful. And again, we'll link to all of those guys in the show notes. Now, Jeffrey, you're all about being balanced. I mean, you see this in the food that you create and the massive business you've mm -hmm. built. But yes or no, health-wise, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I today nowadays I uh, well let me let me say it a little bit differently. I used to sleep four to five hours a day uh, a night and take real pride in my ability to to do that. Still be incredibly functional. Take great. I used to take naps every day in the afternoon, and and I was very I loved it. And then uh, last couple of years I've done some research and rarely read about the the need and and. Uh, uh, for the body to get eight hours to clear out sort of the junk in your brain. Uh, and so that even though I was very functioning and great, four to five hours, like, and, and embracing that uh, and being productive with it, uh, with it, I think now I really embrace eight hours and how clear my mind is in the morning and how well rested I am. Good. Um, it's, it's really incredible. So. And how, Jeffrey, just out of curiosity, how old are you now? I'm 40. Okay. 41. Actually, just I just turned 41. Hey, happy birthday! I, I'm an October third. I'm an October third baby. What about you? Oh, hey, happy birthday to you! Uh, I'm September 29th. Ah, very good, very good. Well, hey, cool. take take us back 21 years. If you wish your 20 year old self knew one thing, what would it be? Um, I learned to master my energy better. Uh, I think when only in the last five years have I really, through meditation and some other you know, mindful practices have I learned how to master energy. Um, it's really the only thing you have, you know, cause it, it's the, it's the thing that makes time pass, uh, you know, fast or slow. And then time is really the only currency you have. And that helps you with all the other things in your life. So I think energy is the root of that and learning how to master your energy, uh, is something that I think, uh, I wish I had known 
back then because I just expended it out of every pore <laughs> in my body. Guys, there you have it. Energy mastery. You heard it from Jeffrey first. Now, Jeffrey, if people want to follow your story online, moving yeah. forward and past this, where can they connect with you? Uh, to, well, I mean, anywhere online and social is at Jeffrey Zorowski, you know, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-Z-U-R-O-F-S-K-Y, or um, either at my blog, chefrepreneur.com or jeffreyzorowski.com. Both, both go to the same spot. So it's easy, easy to find either one. Well, guys, there you have it. From his first restaurant in 2003, doing 1.5 million top line to building it to over 400 employees, 15 locations, and over 20 million in top line revenue, landing a Bravo show, advising all over the place. Jeffrey, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you so much, Nathan. Coming up tomorrow morning, I speak with Stephen Kahn, and he walks me through how his gay fashion brand does 500,000 bucks a year in revenue with a membership. Okay, Top Tribe, companies are wanting to sponsor the show for a lot of money, and I'm telling them all no. So help me out and go subscribe on iTunes. When you do, email me at nathanlatka at gmail.com, and I will email you back a surprise that you're really going to love. 